Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, Episode 8. I'm Evan Colbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. We'll get to the movie in a second, but if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, then here in the United States, it is Election Day. November 8th, time to decide whether or not we're going to be okay or not okay. <laughs> so if you haven't already, and again, if it's Election Day when you're listening to this, uh, please vote. Please. Please go vote. It is one of the few actual ways in which you have power as a citizen and in which you can enact change. And honestly, it's not that hard. No. People don't want to do it, but... And vote down the ballot. Absolutely. Uh, if you have time, you know, do some research about council persons and aldermen and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Vote even if you don't do that research, but if you have an opportunity to find out what the <laughs> amendments are and propositions. Yeah. The most important thing is vote. Vote, vote, vote. Yep exercise your power as a citizen yeah and we don't want to end up like uh the purge no (laughs) it'll happen if donald trump becomes president (laughs) that would be that would be bad purge anarchy this week our movie is extraordinary tales Mm -hmm. which is an animated film yes it's an adaptation or it's a series of adaptations of edgar Allan poe stories Yeah, i'm actually really disappointed that this is uh our movie for november because it just feels yeah. like something that could have been so appropriate for halloween it's super halloween it would have been really fun to do that week but here we are in november we're we're committed to doing the the spooky thing all year round so here we yeah. are so um it's a series of five is that mm-hmm. five right. stories all animated with different styles yeah but all ri- they're all animated and written and directed by Raul Garcia, who is a Spanish filmmaker who worked at Disney for a long time. Like, he worked on The Lion King and stuff like that. He was just like a, okay. an animator. And he made this movie because he really loves Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> uh, I've got some some facts that I learned about him and, and this movie that right. I'll, I'll pepper through as it. we as we go through these. Um, it's kind of silly to talk about spoilers with this because they're just Edgar Allan Poe stories. Have you read Edgar Allan Poe stories? Then you know the stories. They're They're pretty true... I mean, almost completely, yeah. 100% They're true. They're very faithful. To life. <laughs> um, to life. To, to or real to life. Ooh, true to death. Can I ask you, uh, I feel like it's sort of relevant to this. Do, are you an Edgar Allan Poe fan? Yeah, kind of. I, I don't feel very enthusiastic about him. Just I, enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, he's macabre and I love the macabre. That's why we have this podcast. Yes, I feel like it's just by virtue of him writing spooky stories he's on our he's on our team oh yeah yeah but, but i I, re- I do really like him okay. i uh read fall of the house of usher in college with a professor who i absolutely loved and i feel like she before i would probably felt kind of lukewarm on him and she kind of turned me more around which is oh. a, a late time to feel fond of edgar Allan poe yeah he also a uh, little tidbit about me he has like lived in all the cities that I've lived in because he's lived in Baltimore, Philly, and Boston. So I also feel kind of, I think maybe even Richmond. So he's lived in like, he's gone the places I've been and I feel a little bit communal with him. For Did that. he go to Chicago? He probably was there at least once, but he, well, he didn't like live there. All those cities I just named feel like an ownership of him. Like Boston's like, this is where he, he was born. And Baltimore's like, well, this is where he died. Like, that's why they're called the Baltimore Ravens, because of Ed Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. So I feel a little bit of a kinship with him for that reason. So to get into the movie, it starts out with this frame story or framing device or whatever it is mm-hmm. about a raven who we come to learn is Poe. Yes. He speaks with a human voice. Yes. 
talking... This is still animated, by the way. It's all animated. And these this frame story is, like, peppered throughout in between each of the... Vignettes. The vignettes. And he's talking to death. We don't know that she's death at first. The closed captions say she's death. Oh, fair. Don't watch it with closed captions. <laughs> they give things away. Um, there's statues in a graveyard. Yes. He is flying through a graveyard... And there are these, there's several statues and one of them is speaking to him and she is trying at first trying to kind of communicate with him about like how he feels about death and how he, how he loves it. He, she starts off saying like all these women that you've loved and naming all of them, Annabelle and Lenore, and they're all dead. But who's the, who's the woman you loved most of all? It's death. And he's like, it me. No, 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 no. I don't. I love life. I want to live. Yeah. So basically the... The crux of these little bits of the story is that Death is trying to convince Poe that he loves Death, and he's obsessed with Death, and that he should embrace Death. And Poe's like, no, I want to make sure that my works live on forever. That's like, that's... Yeah. Because he's already dead, but she needs, yeah. she wants him to walk into the light and stop being a, a raven ghost. Uh, if it doesn't make a lot of sense, it's because it... It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not... It's the weakest part of this movie I far. agree. They're really only there to set up the vignettes, and they do it not not well. It's like, one time you wrote a story about a man who killed another man, didn't you? And then it's like, dun-dun-dun, the telltale heart, obviously. Like, it doesn't even try to be clever about how they're setting these things up. They're just... They're, they're just vehicles yeah, to I, move the vignettes from, from place to place. I wrote one down, which is... I remember vaguely, once I wrote about a doctor, someone who challenged you, like, to prove that he's not obsessed with right, death. Right, I know. It's... Well, that's, it, so, yeah, it's it's weird. The animation, I think, is really beautiful, and Death's voice is very calming. She's French, right? I thought she was British. She has a very, she has a be- a very beautiful accent, um, whatever it is. It's fine. And I I thought it was very, I, I thought there were parts of it that were nice, mostly with the animation look, and look, the look. voices. It doesn't matter, because... This is so useless. It is. And so much less interesting than Poe's actual death. Do you know about Poe's actual death? No. So, that was my thought when I this. Is like, no, he didn't... Why is he a raven? Like, Edgar Allan Poe died because he was found wandering the streets. Oh, I, I do remember this. Like, what's the quote? Uh, in great distress and in need of immediate assistance, wearing someone else's clothes, and like went to the hospital and was like never lucid enough to explain what happened. And it's, like, really weird. The doctor who attended to him is, like, the the way we know anything about his death is, like, the doctor was keeping notes. But, like, said that he died on three different days. Like, he just, like, couldn't keep track of when he died. And everyone's like, that's really mysterious. They lost the death certificate. Um, One of the oh, one of the times that they, um, that the doctor listed as his time of death was 10 o'clock in the afternoon. So, like, what was happening It's like here? a spooky post story. He died kind as of. he lived. Do you want to know? It's actually perfect that we're doing this on election day. Do you know one of the main theories? I actually don't. Historians don't come at me. I don't know if this has been disproven or not. Is it but a political assassination? Not quite, but it was that he was a victim of cooping, which is where they would like mm. kidnap you or intimidate you into going to the polls and like voting multiple times or like voting for a certain candidate. Weird. And they were like, yeah, someone like made him appear to be someone else and like 
drugged him and then made him vote for someone and then like left him oh my to die gosh in the streets. you can't see my face but my jaw just dropped <laughs> out of the drama and the intrigue and this episode drops on election day oh spooky so anyway that's way more interesting yes actually that's more interesting it's like what if someone made a movie about with poe as a ghost talking about his mysterious death like him being a raven being like i'm i don't want to move on yeah. i would make sh- like no shut up so it's it's boring it's have you seen that movie with the uh, john cusack where he plays poe no that exists right i don't know i don't know i've never seen it i think <laughs> it happened um okay so, so the that's it in the stories wait one more thing okay so from this i read this interview or a couple interviews with um raul garcia and he said that these interludes were the last to be produced of everything mm-hmm. and they had run out of money fair and that makes a lot of sense it really does it honestly does uh and i found that after i'd watched it and i was so disappointed by this framing device and i was like oh that's why that's literally why. because honestly if we're gonna get into it now the i think that the each vignette is very well done yeah so let's get it the first one yeah. is the fall of the house of usher mm-hmm. narrated it's by christopher lee christopher lee it was his last film appearance before oh. he died well not even an appearance well last, i think it's the, the last, last time we like, heard his voice yeah yeah yeah, and they're I, all they're all animated. Chris really is not this, in this. So I thought the um, this style, each style of the dance, different. And I thought this style was more like what you kind of expect out of like a spooky, like kind of Burton esque mm-hmm. movie. It's like three D. It's um, it's cell shaded. Uh, a lot of good shadow work. It's they're all they're not realistic. They're very like pointy, like very Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas esque. Don't you think so? No, those are those are claymation movies, and this is very no, but they but they're angular. The no, way it's more like Paranorman or um something like that. Yeah, you're right. I still they 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 have unrealistic features. They're not they they don't look like it's not like it's not Pixar or Disney. They they're they're specifically sure. Well, none uh, of this is so so it's it's fairly simple animation and it's very stylized, and I I like that about it. Mm-hmm. I think particularly again we're not going to recap the plots of these stories. Uh, just talked about the things in them. Um. I think that the house cracking apart is depicted really well. Specifically, they don't, you know, waste a lot of time calling attention to it in, in dialogue. This yeah. is one of the ones with the most dialogue, too. Yes, and they're not, and they're never, none of them, I think, were the full stories. They were right. all, had bits clipped out and parts that were just dialogue and things like that. But representing visually the house cracking apart gradually as um, he stays in Usher's house. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of the protagonist. Uh, <laughs> is it uh, Usher? No. Oh, Roderick. No, Roderick Usher is the dude's house. Yes. I specifically just said we're not recapping the plot. Let's not get into that. <laughs> we do not need to argue about character names. No. But I thought the animation style really captured uh, the feel of this story. Yeah. Which is that, like, they, it's, they're all, they're all, he's sick and his sister's sick and there's a lot of, like, illness and plague and death in and this. And paranoia and it works really. It works really very really effectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot that I have a quote, which is that uh, Raul Garcia said that the idea was to have the characters look like they were carved out of wood. Hmm. And I 100% against that. I love that. Yeah, that's very interesting. When I'm thinking of the animation in this, I'm thinking of uh, the pro- the protagonist's like blocky nose. Mm-hmm. That's like very stylized. It's very interesting. I agree. I thought I liked this one a lot. Anything else to say about it? I mean... No, it's pretty basic. I, Usher is one of my favorites, so mm-hmm. I was happy. It was a good one to start off with for I me. I agree. Uh, it got it brought me in right away as like a lover of this story, and I'd say it's one of the most conventional because segueing into the second one, which is the Telltale Heart, is completely different. And starting off with Usher, like I think, eases you into a series of short films about Edgar Allan Poe stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the Telltale Heart is like the contrast in it is really sharp. It looks kind of like it's Sin wildly City. different. It looks yeah. a lot like Sin it's City. Just, it's black and white, 
I, it reminds me of like uh, things being cut out of paper. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I like. There, it's all very silhouetted. And when we say black and white, we don't mean gray. No, we no, mean no. There it's, are two colors. It's black, black and, and white. white. Like, like, I like paper. If you cut like a um, a silhouette out of paper, uh, that's what this would look like. And there's not a lot of movement. It's a lot of like people's faces don't change. They literally look like paper dolls. But it's just it's that utter contrast. Yeah. I this is a I thought this was good because I have seen it. I've seen more than any other thing. I have seen adaptations of the Telltale Heart, um, and I think that there's a there's a a want or a desire to create something really like really over visual to communicate the beating of the heart and the murder and the. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people want to make it really bloody and and intense and grotesque. And this is so simple, but I found it the most terrifying. Oh yeah. Because when the the poli- there's a point where the police come to his house to right. talk to him, and there are just these smiling men wearing glasses, and they never stop smiling, and that's scary. That's really scary to yeah. me. That that image of just them like smiling at him and of course he's freaking out because he murdered someone like it, it i thought i just thought it was because of the guilt yeah, yeah. it was it, really it, effective it gets you in on that paranoia for sure it does we have really buried the lead with this though which is that this is narrated by bella lugosi oh yes it's and I was, very spooky i was so confused because as bauhaus taught us bella lugosi's dead oh yeah but Oh, and that's the thing that was interesting is that it sounds like it's um, like a radio recording. So it's, yeah, it is. It's yeah. a archival recording because I was right. Bela Lugosi died in 1956. He's way dead. And but they had this recording. Well, I want to read the story. Is okay. that he, Raul Garcia, discovered this on a cassette on eBay. And he says it was a copy of the copy of the copy of the copy. And when he got it, he contacted uh, Bela Lugosi's son, who handles his estate, and the son was like, oh, we don't have this. Where did you, like, nobody has, oh what, what is this? And so they, like, restored it. And, like, no one has used this. This has never appeared in anything before. Was this the, was this the impetus to, to create this movie? It was the first one that he made. Okay, that makes sense. He made this short, Raul Garcia made this short in 2006. Wow. Yeah. And this is from 2015. We did mention that. This is a very recent. 2015, I thought it was 2013. That's no, really so, interesting. So the, yeah, it sounds... It's like staticky. It's like it's clipping all the time. Right. It's incredible. But that, it, it, amazingly, that adds to its to the terror of this. Absolutely, and especially like I mean, it's it's Bella fucking Lugosi. Yeah, like, it's amazing. He's got such a sinister like. Like I remember for some reason this is such an out of context, but him saying like the sinister tattoo. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> it's incredible. Just it's like great the way that. Oh my god, I love Bella Lugosi. It was. Yeah, it's really it was really great, and I mean the Telltale Heart's very classic, so you don't need to do a lot with it. It's so horrific. This just I think just captured it perfectly. I love this one. Can I ask a plot question? Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird that the police come because they hear the scream of the old man? It's like 1850. Are houses that close together? I thought yeah, I thought the neighbors reported it. The sure, but like, why are the neighbors it? like hearing it? It's like I don't know. That's a very good question. Let's ask your own Yeah, I don't know. Also, how do they call the cops? They ain't got telephones. They didn't even have early ones at that point? In 1850? No. I don't know when the telephone was invented. I'm betraying myself as a person who doesn't know anything about history. Um, You could probably also go to the police. That's what I'm saying. But it's the middle of the night. The neighbors hear a scream. They come when he's killed him? I got the impression it was later. From just, I mean, I read read this. I mean, he has to, like, bury him in the floorboards. But, like, 
So I, I got the impression like night before kills him. The next day, the police come and they're like, "Hey, your neighbors came and told us that we heard they heard screaming last night." It's a weird thing to do. They clearly didn't like him. This guy's like an asshole, and they're like, "Let's just make him go down for something." Snitches get stitches. Yeah, literally. But yeah, I really like that one a lot. That was a good one. Yeah, I'd say it's actually probably my favorite. Um, my favorite is the next one. Are you serious? Yes. Which which is um. The facts of the case of M. Vandem- Valdemar. Valdemar. I kept saying Vandemar for some reason. So Valdemar. I have never heard of this story in my life. Neither have I. This one is narrated by Julian Sands, the British actor. He's- yeah, I, it was a... Uh, the style of this one it's, is the reason it's my favorite. It looks like a comic book. It does. Like the old Tales from the Crypt comic books. Like yes. Bright colors and... The color contrast specifically is incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, I, the animation by itself is awesome. It's a very cool way to tell a post story because of both like the stillness and the action. To, do we recap this plot at all? Because it's not as famous. Uh, no. But it, okay, it, it involves it's hi- about it involves hypnotism. Yeah, and hypnotism death. at the point of death basically is the right. the impetus of like what will happen if you if you hypnotize someone as they're dying. Yeah, and um, I thought that would it just led to some really cool imagery. Specifically, my favorite, and I, this this gets me every time. I'm like a sucker for this in any situation is um the pendulum is swinging or the the watch is swinging to um to lull the old man into whatever and it splits into two like blobs and they become hands and then the hands like lurch at the camera mm-hmm. and i just it i watched it i actually rewinded and watched it twice over because i loved just that image so much wow so the whole the, i don't know it was just the style the, the the story is way less interesting but the animation, there's specifically like a part where um, when the old man is dead, or no, when the, when the old man is like lying dead, he is purple and the men who are watching him are all green. And um, I was so interested in that being like purple being death and it's because it's darker and more whatever and green being life and, they're, cause it, and, the, and the contrast is so, it's just purple and green. There's no, in, in shadow. And then at the end of it, they switch them and the men are in purple yeah. and he's in green. And I was just like, I love color symbolism like that. And I just thought it was so well done and cool looking. And I just really loved it. I hear you visually. I thought this was a really dull story. It is. I agree with you. This is the one I was least interested in. And it's, I don't know. I, I don't disagree with anything you just said about it visually. And yet mm. I, this is the only one that I found myself like wanting it to be over faster. I felt that way about the next one. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. So the next one is The Pit and the Pendulum. It's mm-hmm. very funny that you just said you called a stopwatch a pendulum. It's because I always, what, looking back, I thought that the third one was going to be called The Pit and the Pendulum because it has the swinging, there's a swinging like watch to, to send him into sleep. But this has a pendulum too. So sharp left turn visually because this one very. is the most like photorealistic of them it looks like a video game a video game that's exactly what i wrote down yeah it looks like uh assassin's creed or the last yeah. of us or something just like that. realistic enough to be realistic but you would never look at them and think they were real people <laughs> uh rel garcia wanted to do motion capture but he couldn't find anyone who wanted to do it so they did this instead that sucks this is my least favorite it's narrated by guillermo del toro which sucks because i love the him. boy it's, <laughs> it's great who I never, I don't know if he's done voice acting before, but I wasn't expecting it. I think his voice acting in this is amazing. It's fun. It's, it's, he's got such a great accent and it, it was, it was well done. He's doing like, it's the most understated of any of the performances, mm-hmm. you know, and he's. Not Julian Sands? No, it's Game of Thrones. No, no, not Julian Sands was the most understated. I think that was a little bit more understated. In that it was so understated that it put me to sleep. 
well. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro, he's like, he's like whispering the whole time. That's not, that's not what Guillermo del Toro sounds like. He is Mexican. Uh, that was not... What was the accent was that? That was like a, that was like an Eagle Montoya. Okay, fair. He was doing it like this. He was always burning the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Bella Lugosi doing an Eagle Montoya. No. He was always burning the whole time. He was time. always burning the whole time. Anyway, it's like a really good performance. And he like, it builds as his terror builds. And like, there's a point where he's like, shouting a little bit. It's really, really good. I don't know. What didn't you like about it? I found it very boring. The story I found very boring. And I think that like you're right about uh, M. Vandemar also being boring. Or Valdemar. Valdemar. I keep saying it. Uh, Valdemar also being very boring. But to me, the style kept me involved. And this was both boring and a boring, uh, to be a boring style as a person who does not play video games and doesn't have much interest in that. I mean, no, I think visually it looks bad. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's not a great move because, yeah, you're just like... It's uncanny valley enough that you're like, oh, you're just representing life badly. Yeah. So and and it was right at the point of the movie where we'd seen three extremely interesting styles, and this was a a drop off point. And um, I I found certain parts of it interesting. Once he's in the space with um the straps and the swinging axe coming down for him when he's in the pit. Yes. Getting pendulumed? Yes. <laughs> the pit and the pendulum. And there's like rats everywhere and he puts cornmeal on the rats so that rats will eat it. Like, okay, I got the intrigue of that part. The whole story itself of like him being like a political prisoner. I was just like... It's the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm betraying myself so bad as being just like a bad history you person. Mean, you just hate history. That's what we're learning on this podcast. <laughs> I don't hate history. I love a lot of history, but I'm just... I think... You're not wrong, but you're wrong. I think this goes at a very slow pace, mm-hmm. and I think that's perfect for the story, which is there. probably my favorite post story. It's up there. Oh, okay. No, I never read this one before. Oh. It, like, really captures the fear of the senses. Like, it's just, like, so sensual of, like, he's just, like, lying there for so much of it, talking about how, like, terrifying and isolating it is, and I yeah. love that. I don't know. I guess I just feel like there's nothing really special about that, you know, like... I think we've gotten a lot of media over the years of people in prison talking about their feelings of isolation. I, I couldn't be- really follow it. I wasn't really sure what was happening for a lot of it. I couldn't tell what was real and what was not real. In all fairness, this movie is doing very little new that we haven't seen in other forms of media. It's literally just an adaptation of mm, some of the most... Like I said about the Telltale Heart one, no. I thought that was a very interesting and different way of doing it than people normally do it. It looks like Sin City. But It looks like comic books that already exist. No, and- my point is different from that, but... In any case, I just found this one to be uh, particularly boring. It was my least favorite. But, like, it didn't mean I hated it. It was just my least favorite of the five. Yeah. My favorite part of this is they do, again, I think visually it falls flat. There's, Mm -hmm. like, some split-screen sequences. I I actually wrote that down, too. The sectioned boxes was a pretty cool part of it. I will admit that. It was, like, very uh, Brian De Palma. It was really cool. I Mm -hmm. liked that. I liked it a lot, too. You just like because it sped it up. I'm getting it now. You just, like, didn't like how, like, (laughs) the parts where you're supposed to be in prison with him sitting and stewing yes. in the minutiae you were like come on come on let's yeah go. move on and then something else happened. Yeah. <laughs> i really loved this one i think the telltale heart is probably the best one but this was up there on mine we should probably rank these we should rank these at the end okay let's rank at the end but- so the last chance to succumb for poe slash raven poe is the mask of the red death mm-hmm. which was beautiful yeah just uh, what, like watercolor. It's like watercolors. Animation. Yeah, it's like so it's so bright. It's like it looks mm-hmm. like a painting. And it's and it's all and it, it works so well for the like. It's the only one that really has the extravagance, um, 
because Usher, Usher's probably comes close, but it's like, that's already done. This having all of that, like the beautiful color and the royalty and the dancing and like. Yeah, it's a shame that like prisons aren't more extravagant. (laughs) Whatever, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, it's really, it was really beautiful and it's not narrated. Yeah, it's the, it's the only one that has no narration. I mean, like you're coming into this, like you've heard all these people and you're expecting Mm -hmm. who's the next famous person. No, nobody. They had someone play Prospero to be like, get out of here. But it's Roger Corman. Yeah. But there was no narration. So you're only just, you're seeing all these visual elements and then you see, you know, death and then you, it's, it's, it's really, really gorgeous and it's so well done. I have some thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, visually, it's really interesting. I don't think that the way it's plotted out works because making it wordless means that we're just seeing a tableau of scenes throughout this party. Mm-hmm. And then like suddenly it's the death confrontation. It like, there's no build at all. No. And I, I think that it just, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a, it's like a carousel of images and then action happens and then it's over. And then it's over. And I agree with you. I just don't think that hurts it because, because they weren't having narration because this is not about the story. It's really only about the visual element. I think that that's, I seriously, I know that, I know that they're post stories so they're trying to do something like with the story, but this one felt way more about what we're seeing and not what we're hearing or what we're even yeah, this is really, if you don't know the Mask of the Red Death, you still don't know it after you've watched this. You have no idea what happened. Right. We don't know who these people are yeah. or why it matters. Or why he it's, fears the play. Like, he, there's nothing. Right. It's just, it's just extravagance and then death. But oh. I thought it was so beautiful that, like, it almost didn't matter to me. I'm not watching these to learn Poe stories. It don't was... watch this if you have a test on Poe. <laughs> it's not yeah, going to help. <laughs> this is not going to help you with your homework. Um, this also had something very weird, which is that we're looking at all these scenes of the party and all of a sudden there's like nudity and like people having sex. And you know, that, that bacchanalia makes total sense for this party mm-hmm. up until this point, this movie could be shown to children around Halloween time. And then all of a sudden we're witnessing not children, but like older children. Who, I was in middle school. Like, so I went and saw telltale heart play when I was in middle school, but I, I don't, I think children could watch this uh, until there's like people having sex and yeah and it's and it's not and like, like a, yeah, it's not like it's a very revelrous like you it's know. yes it's it's they're, they're not like a bathhouse yeah so they're all having it's like a, they're all having sex around each other and it's there's nothing like, wrong with that it's a weird choice but because, you know, like, you're right you know, it's none it, of these get gory this could have been a family movie it's yeah. not a family movie and then all of a sudden i mean this even doesn't get gory but all of a sudden there's like this one thing that makes it not pg right that's very strange was it pg-13 do you know i don't know if it was rated hmm I don't know if it was like really this got much distribution. I like the design of the Red Death figure a lot. Me like too. the mask and the hood. I think it looks really scary mm-hmm. and really cool. I thought it was all very effective. Again, I I like this story and I think that the power is in the description and there's no description. It's mm-hmm. just depiction. Yeah. I don't know. I it was a weird one I guess to close off with because it's not yeah, put it in the, the best. Middle. Put it in the middle. But I think they wanted to put it at the end because one, it is like the it is like death is the winner, and that's a that's a finale of this movie. If this movie has an arc, it's that death is triumphant. Death's gonna get you. It's gonna happen to all of us, and because it is the only one without narration, it works as like the final wordless finale. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I understand why, but I I also don't think it was the most impressive. Yeah, I yeah. Except for except for how it's animated, which is unbelievably beautiful, was probably 
maybe my favorite animation. It's a toss up. We're gonna rank them in a second. Book, We're gonna rank them in a second. But it was. It's really stunning. It's. It's just amazing to watch. It's really cool. It's. So let's rank each of these. Can we start at the worst? Are are both of our least favorites? Yes. Okay. What's yours? Uh, Pit the Pendulum is my number five. My number five is The Facts in the Case of M. Valdemar. (laughs) Uh, My number four, I guess, just by process of elimination, is Usher. I think my number four is also Usher. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... My number three is Mask of the Red Death. <laughs> I think my number three is Pit in the Pendulum. Okay. <laughs> we're, we disagree. My number two, this is where I struggle because I can't, I don't know if my number two is Valdemar or Telltale Heart. I started out thinking it was definitely Valdemar, but as I talked about the Delia Heart, I realized that I'm like really super in love with that animation style, and it did scare me the most. So I don't know. Maybe my maybe my two and one are a toss up between Telltale Heart and Valdemar. My two is the Mask of the Red Death, and my number one is the Telltale Heart. Okay, so we might be in agreement about number one. If I go with my, if you decide, if I go with my heart, and it was that I really, I mean, the animation for this was like. As beautiful as Usher and Mask of Red Death both are, like the colors and the visuals are really beautiful, there was just something about the simplicity of Telltale Heart that I just like, really, it really struck me. Yeah. If you're going to watch one thing from this movie, make it this Telltale Heart short. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's on YouTube. Maybe it's... Oh, yeah, maybe. I have no idea. But if not, it's worth watching this movie for that. Right. I would go ahead and recommend people watch the whole movie. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. I I think if it was if it was still October, I would be like definitely watch oh, yeah, it. It is so yeah. Halloweeny, get in the mood. But now I'm like if you're not like us and you don't want to watch, you know, spooky Edgar Allan Poe stuff all year round, but I I would recommend it. It's a great simple little watch. I don't think it's great. I want to get in I want to talk about the overall. I think it gets the tone and the mood like pretty good. It represents Poe and what works about Poe. Mm-hmm. It's not Ultimately, at the end of the day, that interesting. It's not doing much. And it doesn't have to. I don't think it has to do much. It doesn't have to do much to be worth existing, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I only really liked two of them, three of them, maybe. I probably liked four. I don't know. You're right that it's really, really short. I think, I mean, honestly, there are like credit sequences before each one of these despite the fact that they're all like made by the same same person person. that was very music is done by the same person and i think it was just because they all could stand on their own eventually you know like that's what i'm saying go watch these on their own don't watch this movie fair if you can find them on youtube watch everyone except the the pendulum especially because the frame story is useless (laughs) yes like this would be better if it was a series of shorts and not if i didn't have to sit through poe being like no, I love life. I want to live and have my work live on. How could you ever say that I love death? <laughs> it was for Edgar Allan fucking Poe. <laughs> like what? That's her point. Uh, that is that is her point. Death is like. Have you no, met you? You have. Have you read your stories that you wrote over the past years? Ugh. I don't know. I just. I didn't hate this. I really enjoyed bits of it. I think what I'm getting at mostly is that I it barely has a justification of being a movie. I, I I think that you're right. I think that this movie isn't anything new. I think that it's so specific that, like, if you're listening and you are either a fan of animation, so the animation in this will appeal to you, a fan of Poe, 
So watching stories about Edgar Allan Poe will appeal to you. Uh, or any combination of the two, then you should watch this movie. No, it is not like, go right now, run to your television. But if those things appeal to you, this is well done. It is an it is a good homage to Poe, and it is a good, you know, show of interesting animation. If you have like nine, ten-year-old kids, and they're like getting into dark shit, 100% show them this. <laughs> like that. Show it to your middle school classroom, and then just like cover all their eyes during the sex part. That's what they did Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, they held a the poster day. board up to the screen. Yeah, we watch movies in Latin class. Oh my God. There's always nudity in those Latin movies. <laughs> I think we finally found something that I will confidently say Kubo and the Two Strings is better than. <laughs> oh no. Really? Yes. Oh, I disagree. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh no, this is a podcast about Kubo and the Two Strings. <laughs> no, that's not true. The Kubo and the Two Strings animation is, is far surpasses anything Incredible. done here. Incredible. But it's Kubo and the Two Strings and it's not this movie. So. Uh, I recommend this movie if you're just looking for something to watch. I shrug emoji. <laughs> okay. So ready to... Uh... Seal this up behind a wall. Oh, that's not in this movie. That's but... not... I wish it was. <laughs> I wish it was. For all you Poe nerds out there. And memers. <laughs> so pull up the roulette and we will choose next week's movie. Ready? Yeah. Next week's movie will be Reanimator. Ooh, this is this is good, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a really good film. This is an adaptation from the eighties of the H.P. Lovecraft story. I think re- mm-hmm. called Reanimator. That's exciting. It's about medical experimentation. I like that we're like sticking with the classics now of like Poe, Lovecraft. Even though it's November, we should have done all these ones in October. Yeah. I'm super excited that you haven't seen this before, because mm-hmm. I believe I tried to get you to watch this in October. You have been suggesting this probably for four or five weeks now. Yeah, this is awesome. So the roulette did it for you. <laughs> now I have to watch it. Oh, no. It I mean, no I'm excited, through. though. I'm excited. Yeah, it's a good one. I hope you agree. But if not, it'll be fun podcast. Let's we'll all talk about it. So join us next week for Reanimator. But for now... Farewell. <laughs> Time to embrace death. <laughs> Time to bury it underneath the floorboards and hope it doesn't haunt us later. Haunt us later. So thanks for listening. You can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook. Twitter is at nowscreamingpod. Facebook is at nowscreaming. Please let us know what you think about these movies yeah uh, if you like the podcast rate and review us on itunes subscribe on itunes it helps other people find us many many thanks to jonas like for our music anna campbell for our logo and wes craven for not being a voice actor in this movie or making an animated movie no you gotta make a good animated movie but do you think so yeah wes craven does everything right that's not true he wes craven does everything right everything right Way to end this on a down note. <laughs> it's death. It's Edgar. This is the Edgar Allan Poe episode. <sighs> we all go with death eventually. Thank you, Wes Craven, for embracing death when it was time. Oh, my God. All right. Wow. Okay. Until bye. next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>